This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Alita, how are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you, Philip? Doing good. Feeling good. Uh, Jason and I have just been chatting with you and checking the tone. And it's just it's just constantly surprising. I don't know how I'm still not like expecting this, but like it's surprising that everyone that, that we've been speaking to lately has just been really solid as people centered. There's a sort of energy with them that you can only get after having a moment to yourself where you finally kept it real and decided to move somewhere in life. And that's kind of the tone that I want to get this conversation going in. And with my favorite question, kick things off, Alita, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? I do. So yes, I do. Um, My father was an entrepreneur. So growing up, I was a baby and a family of five. And I was the little girl um, born and the rest of the kids were born much earlier than me. So I was like the baby baby. Um, I watched my father have multiple businesses throughout the years. He started out in sales. Um, I remember, and this is from the time, you know, that I was just little, like I was probably, I, I have some of these memories from like probably three years old and up. Um, watching him be an entrepreneur, which was pretty fascinating. He had his own um, then construction company, did custom build homes. Then he moved into steel buildings and steel building manufacturing when that first hit the market. And that pretty much catapulted him from there. So yeah, I had I grew up in it as the baby girl, kind of like uh, looking up, right? From, from down here and really just idolizing my father and everything he was able to accomplish. And, you know, it was just cool, right? Cool. So uh, for me, it was, um, I never thought I would grow up to be an entrepreneur though, necessarily, um, which is also fascinating, but it was kind of in my blood, so to speak, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So at at some point, even though it wasn't intentional, you did step into the world of entrepreneurship. Do you think you can attribute any single moment or maybe a handful of moments that you felt really shaped that decision? Or was it something like you just said, I'm going to do it and just happen to have a knack for it? Um, no, I would say it was definitely a conscious choice and decision. I was at a place and time in my life where I had a tremendous amount of, um, career background in corporate America, working my way up through the ranks and various different, um, aspects or industries, if you will. It wasn't until I went to work for a group of private entrepreneurs who were also investors that I had probably some of the most profound experience in my life. Um, most pivotal, if you will, most groundbreaking from an entrepreneurial aspect of things, watching how they were able to wield and facilitate business. Um, 
giving the assets and the things that they had and offering cash deals and like all of that. Right. Um, but the pivotal decision was I was also a single mom of two girls and they were to ages where they had to be, uh, carded. I had to have, uh, I had to have a schedule that I could adapt to and adapt to everybody else's needs and make sure that everybody was taken care of and got to their events and sports and whatever. Um, and that really was the foundation, the foundational um, grounding for me making that decision. And it was freedom. a leap. Yeah, freedom of schedule. It was kind of mandatory for me, right? So it was almost like not an option. Um, but by the same token, I had also methodically built my initial uh, startup, my initial launch and in business um, over a four-year period of time. So it was a lot of planning a lot of strategy, um, you know, a lot of just um, slow growing, if you will, and a lot of patience with the process. Okay. I've got my next question lined up, but I, I want to give the floor to Jason <laughs> because he, he might have something to say about that as a, also as a parent and things of that nature. Sure. Well, what I love about almost, I would say 90 plus percent of entrepreneurs, business owners, whatever bucket you want to be in is, you know, you just went for it. Right. And just yeah, did eventually it, you right? get to a point where you leap, right? You just leap. And I, what I always like to say is I'm a massive risk taker. I take lots of risks. Um, sometimes they come with rewards. Sometimes they don't, but <clears throat> like I always say, I just leap and start building wings on the way down. <laughs> so, so but but it's awesome that you've you've been able to create this uh lifestyle for yourself because that's what business really is supposed to do it's supposed to it's supposed to support your lifestyle not the other way around right that's yeah. just a, that's just a job <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah then so you know good good on you for creating that for yourself it's yeah awesome. thank you yeah yeah, there is a related to the fact that you laid the groundwork four years, like methodically, like this is what I'm going to do to make sure that when I do leap, all the pieces will fall to give me the highest rate of success I can get in return for my leap. Right. Absolutely. And there's this idea I came across, I want to say two days ago of the time horizon, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, I think I got it from Jeff Brezos. But I'm not an entire fan, but I'm also entirely, I'm not entirely against them either. And, but the idea of the time horizon was something that he introduced to me of the difference between someone who sets goals for one year versus four years versus 10 years makes a difference in terms of what kind of company you're keeping, right? Because many people will set the one-year goal, the three-year goal. So the fact that you had that four-year goal in mind and, and that was how you approached it to begin with, it's one of the first times we hear someone methodically bring that out. Like, this is intentional what I did. So I imagine that this kind of intentional work goes into the work that you actually do is what I'm getting at. So when you did finally start it, from what I gather, uh, you do consulting. Is this accurate? Yeah, I do executive coaching and business consulting. Yeah. And so yeah. How, so you make this launch. How does it go at first? I imagine even with all the work you did, there were still like, what? Obstacles left and right. But how did, how did you really get your feet centered on the ground that you wanted to stand on? 
Um, okay. So a couple of different things when I launched and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Geronimo probably within, I want to say three to six months after that, we went into a recession as a country. It was like 2007, 2008. And I had a bunch of small independent entrepreneurial type businesses that were a part of my portfolio right upon launching. And that was my saving grace. And because of my diversified background, I was able to bring in a tremendous amount of pivot for them because now they're all of a sudden in the middle of a recession as well, right? So no better time to have a coach or a consultant on your side than that defining moment. And I was under contract. So, I mean, this was all already, you know, laid out for them. And um, it really was, for lack of a better term, um, almost like a Hail Mary, if you will, for them as well as myself. And it panned out well for all of us. So, um, you know, I have nothing but extreme gratitude, but was it scary? Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, hugely, right? Hugely. But those are the defining moments where you've already made the commitment. And this is where I would say it's about a commitment, right? So you can't be still in that stage of, oh, I don't know, should I or shouldn't I? Or, oh my gosh, I should have just stayed where you like, you can't have that, right? You have to just shove all doubt and fear to the side and you just have to move right? And build and get busy. And when you do that, interestingly enough, all the pieces and parts start to continue to unfold and come together and or gravitate towards you. And you're able to then identify and see the reasons why this moment was the right moment for you, right? I like that. Yeah. There's a degree of, uh, it's only, it's it's a direct consequence of the level of commitment that you put into something. If you're truly committed and you're not looking back or looking for excuses to maybe sidestep it or what have you. Or where's my safety net? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The pieces in front of you are the pieces you have. Make something out of it. And that's what you were doing. Yes, absolutely. Resolution. Resolve. That's the word I'm looking for. Straight resolve. So then you do both corporate and entrepreneurial, right? Which is interesting because you did have that 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 stretch of career where you were methodically developing yourself and your skills and what you were doing and your reputation. And then you went into the world of entrepreneurship. You saw the example they were leading by and said, yeah, that's what I need, especially for my family now. So you have this blend. Is there anything, because I feel like you're uniquely qualified for this. Is there anything that people tend to miss that might be beneficial that you can bring into the world of entrepreneurship from corporate life and then vice versa, people who might be in corporate life and wondering, is there any way I can be entrepreneurial in corporate life? I feel like you have enough of experience in in that, in both realms to be able to say there might be some interesting things there. Yes. So I would say the biggest miss if somebody is in corporate and they think they're going to go entrepreneurial is now all of a sudden realizing that they have to cash flow their own team. Right. And so an entrepreneur, they go from like, whoa, I had an entire team at my disposal to now I wear many hats. And so that can be quite um, um, taxing, challenging, right? For that person who maybe held that executive position, had all this background experience, and then thought, oh, this like being an entrepreneur is going to be a piece of cake because 
it's not just a piece of cake, right? Unless you already have that entire like financial um, sounding board and you're prepared and you're already prepared to pay a team, right? So that's one thing. That's one of the biggest misses I see from that, from the top side, corporate America. Oh, I'm going to jut out and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. They have no earthly idea, literally, that now they're the ones doing all the action steps. And vice versa, I would say the um, person who has done really well as an entrepreneur now going to go into corporate America, the biggest change and step and transition for them is that if you're going to go into an executive position, now you have a team that you guide and that you delegate, and you're not the person who's doing the tasking and wearing all the hats. And so it's a transition in that aspect as well. Um, those are usually the biggest uh, switches in a person's perception and in their mind and, and the the tasks, the duties, if you will, that I see uh, misses in, right? Like they weren't expecting those things, if you will. Yeah. So, and thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, you get this off the ground. You're, you're, you're here now. Do you have any goals that you're specifically now pursuing, given that you've, you've cleared that, that, that marker that most people are trying to achieve, which is like some semblance of cash flow and they're, they have the ability to choose whether they want to grow or focus on profit. Right. So for you're there now, do you have goals that you're pursuing beyond that? The answer is yes. Like it's all about saving humanity now. Now it's all about saving humanity. That's my focus. That's, that is my full intention and focus. And what are the ways in which I do that? And how do I help others build that? And how do, how do I help them get to that place and state of being? Um, yeah, as hard and as fast as we can. Run and build. Build it and they will come. That's my motto. And we have a lot of systems in this country, if not all, that need to be redesigned and or pivoted, changed, um, overhauled in some capacity in order to become the leaders of the world again. And we have everything in the making. Like we are, I tell people all the time, my one of my biggest uh, Eurekas recently has been like, we are the people of the world. America, in America, we harbor the majority of all the people from around the world in one great nation. I don't know of another nation who has that. And so we have a lot of challenges with being able to bring back that united factor into the equation because we do harbor all these cultures. But there's going to be a common golden thread amongst all of it. We need to unite. We need to focus. We need to get our um, A game back on, for lack of a better term. And we need to build the best systems like we've once had that everybody replicated after and we absolutely can and will and should do it again yeah okay so it sounds like you've taken on a global mission uh beyond uh beyond just your business you're now seeing it as a vehicle for being able to transform and this is through helping other businesses achieve that or quite literally you're stepping into politics um i've never considered myself a political person let's just say that i'm writing a book on these topics and um Go big or go home is my motto because what's wrong with saving humanity? I don't know of a single solitary thing that's wrong with that. So that's how I do I see, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bigger the goal, well, who was it? There was some guy named Dov Brofman. He was like an Australian. He said, if your dream doesn't scare you even a little, you're, you've got the wrong dream in mind. And 
I find that the older I get, and I don't, I don't know if this is true of either of you, Jason or Alita, like it's hard, it's hard to tell between what's making me anxious and what's making me scared a little. You know what I mean? How, how are you two dealing with that? Well, I will say that it's, it's a good thing to have a little fear. A little bit of fear drives people, right? Um, not, not like, not bad. I'm not talking about bad fear. Like uh, the good kind of fear that gets you up every day and keeps you moving. And, you know, you got a goal and it's like, the fear is, my God, can I actually do that? Right. Did I bite off more than I could chew? Did I, did I do this? That's what drives you every single day. Right. And keeps, that's what keeps me up at night every night. Just wondering, can I really do that? Because I prefer to dream like a child, right? As we should, yes. As we should. We should dream like children. We need to get back to that instead of, you know, old stuff, right? It's like, let's get back to the core of things. And, you know, children, they see things and they get scared, right? We or should they still get elated and excited, well, right? Too, or right? They just get really excited, right? They're but, just like they don't even know to be afraid of some things, yeah, Jason. That's the right. beauty and the bliss of children is that that's they'll true. take their hand in a fire for the first time, not knowing, right? <laughs> that's and true. So, um, the fear that I think you're talking about it, um, being in a good capacity is that it is motivation to move, do something different, change your life or change your business or change something in some capacity or some way. It can be a prod for that. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you guys, I raised two beautiful young women who are both entrepreneurs now as well. And one of the greatest pieces of advice that I gave them Um, and both successful entrepreneurs, I will also say that, um, is to follow their passions and they never would wake up a day in their life and feel as though I have to go to work. And I've been blessed enough to do that and represent that for them every step of the way. And they now do the same thing. And believe me, when I tell you, I get thanked on the reg now, like motherhood is very gratifying at this stage. Because they've grown and they now express, right? All of those things like, wow, like this has been amazing. And, you know, we're so blessed that you had that knowledge or you were able to share that because they, they live the life of doing what they love. I love where this is going because one of the questions we like to ask is what leave behind would you have for someone who's young or maybe someone who's just on the fence about going into business? And the the idea of like, uh, make sure you focus on your passion or choose your passion and you'll never work a day in your life again. It always needs a little con. It needs a little context, right? It needs a little context, and I know that because uh, you had this feedback loop between you and your children. They were able to relate that until it finally made sense exactly what you wanted to say to them when you said that. I was wondering if you could break that down a little because of the unique perspective you have on that, on the fact that you you have said that to your own kids, which is one of my own goals. To be honest with you, I, I don't want to have kids until I can look them in the eyes and say that very thing with confidence. It's, it's a, I'm being as transparent as I can about like, that's a goal of mine to be able to be in a position to say that. So you did do that. So I'd love to hear how you would present that if you could recreate that scenario. Yeah. So, um, 
it was super interesting with both of them and the aspect of, I can tell you, they're both doing the very things that they grew passions for when they were literally like five years old. So it's pretty hard for people to go back and to remember, like, what was it that I truly loved in my heart and in my soul at like that age range for like five to 10, right? Think about that time frame and what were you just like over and over and over again, almost like obsessed with, right? So I'm going to give you an example. My oldest daughter for her, it was horses and it was dogs. And um, she wound up getting married. They had beautiful acreage. They wound up, um, she had had it with corporate America. She was in a very well-to-do position. She was right underneath the VP within an organization. They had leadership change for probably the third time. And she was just like, I'm not doing it anymore. And she quit and she started her own large breed doggy daycare and training business and has been happy as a clown since. They have, she has a pack of 20 dogs a day. She's like, literally we talk and we laugh all the time. And the beauty of it is, is like, it's like ecstatic, right? It's like ecstatic. So um, genuine joy and laughter because she literally is standing, training, throwing a ball and living and loving her life with large breed puppies all day long. My youngest was a different situation in the aspect of she was diagnosed with ADHD when she was 10. And I said, I'm not medicating her. And it was super, they said, well, she can't focus. And I said, well, I've watched her and she can focus on anything that she's truly passionate about, just like anyone. So I'm a little perplexed by that. But but what we did for her was we found a charter school where she was then allowed to um, do a curriculum based off of the subjects that she wanted to write about or whatever. She had to fulfill the curriculum in every single class, but she got to choose the subject matter. That was the flip of the switch. She wound up graduating school two years early. She started her photography business, which was the passion she had from the time she was five. We were also, remember, we talked about like when you, when you go down the path and you like, then synchronicities start happening. There's little dots that start connecting and things start hooking up and whatever, whatever's meant to be, like it all kind of flows into the equation. So she was selling her photos and, um, you know, kind of like Girl Scouts, right? She got into Girl Scouts. So then she said, mom, I want to, you know, sell my photos. I said, sure. You know, I'm not going to kill an entrepreneur seven-year-old spirit. Right. And so we go to an in neighbor's house and he winds up buying the whole box. And then he comes down and he's like, I feel a little weird about that. Like, I don't want, I don't want you to think that, you know, anything odd by me buying all of her photos, but I want to encourage her because she has an amazing, uh, she has amazing composition at this age. I'm blown away. She's a natural talent. And then he explained he was a photographer for national geographic. And then he started giving her, yeah, his hand-me-down cameras And so we started her uh, photography business when she was 15 and she's still going strong with it at 26. That's incredible. And those are, I couldn't have asked for better examples and they're so divergent from each other for that question. I mean, that's going to go down as one of the best examples, I think, in response to, to, to the question of leave behinds, because it's a personal story, right? Uh, Two different examples and they qualify as like people who really just focused on that path. And they were, they were able to naturally commit to it because they loved it. There was no need to sort of force them to commit 
And I guess the lesson here is if you got to force it, it's probably shit. <laughs> I mean, you're probably not going to be happy, right? That's the thing. And, and joy, there's a certain aspect of joy to what we do that creates success. It, like that helps create and cultivate our success because people feel it right? It radiates off of you and people want to be around and doing business with people who are truly genuinely happy and who are truly con- you know, calm and, and loving their life and not in that place of, of angst or, or fear or things of that nature. And Philip, I'm a mindset coach, so I don't really dabble in that. Like I don't really get down in that. I'm always lifting my clients up out of that space and into solid ground and giving them all the reasons why we should not be in in that state of being because you know it's not conducive to optimum space of thinking optimum use of our brain and our mind and we're not functioning at full capacity for all of the endless possibilities again like I'm, you're talking to a person who's like quantum physics epigenetics um neuroscience right those are like my loves my loves my passions right so those are the places that I'm always taking people and educating them about and then giving them protocols to follow. And it's always, I mean, with huge success. I love it. I'm super it, it happy. It makes to sense to me. Yeah. yeah, no. And I can feel it. I mean, I felt it from the beginning. There was a centeredness. I, I made mention of that as because we kicked things off. Uh, I feel like it makes sense to start moving towards the the the, the grand finale question. But before I do that, I want to leave the floor open to Jason. If he's got anything to say, I'm sure he does. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course I do. I always do have something to say. Um, I think it's a wonderful story with your daughters and, and how they really paid attention and they followed your lead going through that, watching you, seeing the things you do. Children pay attention. Whether we think they do or not, they pay very, very close attention, right? Mm -hmm. And because there's been times where, you know, uh, you're really busy or whatever. It's a Saturday and you weren't expecting to work or something, right? And and that client is just going through a shit sandwich that day. And it's (laughs) like they need to call you and you're like, I don't know really don't want to take this call, but you're at the park, you know how important it is. And then there's the work-life balance, right? Starts happening. So you take the call, nobody says anything, but next Saturday, your four-year-old will tell you, daddy, can you please not be on the phone working while we're at the park this weekend? Right. Mm -hmm. They'll let you know because they pay attention. So, you know, oftentimes they see so much through our life that our life shapes them. 1000% monkey see monkey do is how they learn. I can attest like they are monkey see monkey do. And they will also like happily replicate back to you or tell you like, here's where you made error and the path along the way. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, thanks for that. Whoops. Sorry. Like there's no manual, like, you know, yeah. What's funny is like my son corrects me all. He's very like sciencey and loves watching science shows and history channel that. and all this stuff. Right. Um, so he's very grounded in more educational programs and not cartoons and mindless crap. Yeah. And uh, sometimes he like, I know he's testing me because he'll ask me a question. 
and I'll answer what I think it is, right? I ain't sure. But then he'll go, actually, dad, that's incorrect. (laughs) 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 I was was watching, I was watching the, yeah, I was watching the history channel and they said it was this. Mm -hmm. Fill your boots, boy. (laughs) 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 Hilarious. This is awesome. This is awesome. I, lo- I love it. Don't be afraid. Don't wait yeah. until you're I, ready. I've... Like, <laughs> take the leap. Oh man, take the leap. Parenthood's amazing. You're not. I will any say that either, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 33. You're right. You're right about that. I, I'm actually starting to see plenty of gray. I don't know uh, when that happened. Uh, uh, but uh, I. Yeah, (laughs) double. uh, Yeah, no, I I will say by and large that entrepreneurs who are successful happen to be also the happiest parents. It's it's almost like a like it 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 goes without saying, and it's weird. I don't know why that is. I'm not saying that someone who has a job can't be happy, but they're you're definitely happier as a as an individual when you have a family and you also run your own operation there's just something that i've seen across the board a thousand plus conversations never once has that not been the thing in fact some of them have gone so far to say uh the way i make sure i set the example is i show my kids that uh our relationship the relationship between myself and their mother is also a priority that is distinctly available to be known apart from us being parents uh to the kids and i'm like really like they make they go out of their way to make that clear like this is a day night that has nothing to do with you kids but we love you you know like some something along those lines and apparently to much success that's uh, like a healthy shows a healthy sort of environment and again i'm not a parent so all i can do is observe and say okay I'll take that note with me and make sure that yeah. I keep it in my handy dandy notebook for the future. Although I'm sure the reality is not as simple. <laughs> you've been watching, you've been watching, you've been watching blues clues. <laughs> <laughs> you saw, you saw the, the gesture I did there. <laughs> yeah. I I'm one of 18. Okay. So I raised a lot of brothers and sisters. That's, that's the other thing. Wow. Uh, long story there. Oh, yeah. Way. Amazing. Long story there. Yeah. I've raised plenty of kids, <laughs> wow. um, including myself. Uh, but with that said, uh, I wanted to get back to the grand finale. And before I go there, I want to offer people the chance to know how you, Alita, prefer to be connected to, uh, you know, connected with. Is it through social, your website? What's your preferred method? Um, I would say probably the website because it gives people automatically the opportunity to sign up and have some free time with me, um, a 30 minute, right? So I like, I think that that's important. I think it's important for people to get to know each other and be able to get a sense of whether or not they're going to be able to work well together. Um, I also like to help people as much as I can within that time frame. So I also tell them like, come with your questions already ready. So in that first 30 minutes I spend with you, I can try to help you as much as I possibly can and answer as many things for you as I can that you have questions about. And that could be also pertaining to your own business or where you're maybe feeling challenged at the, at you know, where you're at in this place and time. And if you come prepared, you can come out of it with a lot of information just from one meeting, you yeah. know? So, invaluable. 
Social media, I do have. I mean, they can connect in any any way they want. I also get messages behind the scenes from a lot of um, people across my social media platforms. I do respond to those. I do answer. Um, it's always amazing when you get those messages that literally just make you feel like a million bucks and you're like, this is why I do this, right? Because somebody, you've touched somebody in some way and they actually reached out to you and let you know that you did that and that it made a huge difference in their life in some capacity. And it could be something as simplistic as a post, but it, it triggered them or they're, you know, caught them in a place of conscious awareness and their perception honed in on it. And they were like, that's me, that's me today. Or like, yes, that's exactly what I needed. That's what I needed to hear. Um, and it gives people a hope, right. Or inspiration or motivation or something along the way. Then, yeah, that's when those are the days where I'm just like, yes, this is why I am here. You know, this is why I do what I do. This is it. These are the defining moments. And, you know, those aren't even paid clients. And those are the most like (laughs) the ones that are, it's like, what? I just got that message. I just touched somebody who I didn't even know that I was touching. And so you never know what a ripple effect something's going to create. It could be something super small. It could be one person, but there's a ripple that will be created. I promise you, I know that from the years that I've had my social media, which hasn't been a lot. And my social media isn't completely blown out of the water, but I have enough of it um, and enough engagement on it that I know um, how it impacts and how we impact each of us throughout a day's time. And we don't even realize it often. Yeah, no, I love that. And so just to be clear, askalita.com is uh, the website. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, askalita.com. Okay. Uh, and all the social links are there, everything they need. Uh, but as you made it so clear, you stand to have an opportunity to actually speak with her and learn about your own situation through someone's eyes who is clearly to much success, built a business, helped shape the lives of their kids into successes as well. I mean, the, the, you, you've, if you've listened to this, you know how valuable it would be to even have that amount of time to sit there and speak with her. So jump on that now. Don't waste any time thinking about anything else. There are very, probably a very small handful of people in the world that were able to in, if you can influence teenagers mm. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to go down a path, not that you push them, that they watched oh, you, you can't. Do it, yeah. that they yeah. watched you do that yeah. and decided to take that same path. That yeah. is freaking amazing. And Thank you. That's very amazing. And that lends a lot to the work that you do. And how important the work you are doing and how impactful it is, because teenagers are the hardest ever to be impactful to. Um, I don't care what teenager it is. They're going through all these things in life and so on and so forth. And you were able to lead them through that into following your path. There's a lot to be said about that. Thank you. That's very, both of you, hugely gracious and kind, you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me tell a little bit of my story. And thanks for letting me get to know both of you a little bit better. 
Yeah, no, awesome. now, it really has now you can now you can roll out the grand finale. <laughs> I love it. I love it. At any point in time, like I said, it's a conversation we're having, and it really has been a good one. I mean, it's all it's just it just makes my day being able to have these kinds of like I get to do this, you know. That that's yeah, that's a lot. It says a lot, it shapes the way I view the world. And I don't take any conversation I have anywhere I go for granted because you just never know what's happening, you know. Um, with that said. The final grand finale is if you could have invited anybody today to this show, your pick of the litter at any point in time, dead or alive, who would you have loved to have had here either as a contributor or just a listener and why? Um, it's not a small answer. I would say, give me the trillionaires and uh, the gajillionaires, right? Uh, the investors and uh, let's get busy changing things. That's what I would say. You're right. You're it's having a conversation with them. Yeah. Like go directly to the people that can actually do something. Yeah. <laughs> a real conversation. Like get ready. Like sit down, my investors. Let's dig. Right. Let's get ready to dig. Yep. You know what? I, I was talking to my friends last night, actually, and they they brought me on to a show I had helped start years ago and they had like a series finale and they brought me on and we had this conversation and they were saying, you know, uh, how come billionaires are always getting bailed out and, 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 you know, with our tax dollars, but student loans and this and that. And I said, well, the only thing I can say that I know to some degree is true is in the world of business, if you can make the case for how that capital will be doubled, tripled, or returned or to some degree, something along those lines, and you can make a case for the value prop, right? Uh, usually money flows. And by and large, for whatever reason, most of society uh, has the opposite mentality, which I think would make you even a a far more valuable employee, which is they don't look at what value they're bringing. They just say like, I'm here, right? You hired me. So, you know, pay me my salary. And that, that, that's the value I'm here, you know, hold up everybody. I'm here. I showed up yeah. when every entrepreneur knows like you had to earn that shit. You had to build yourself into what you are. And so that's yeah. sort of the, the dichotomy. I was, I was trying to get them to understand that. And I, I hope it went through, but I, I can't be too sure. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that's, you know, I think that's all valid. I think that's great advice from, from my perspective that you passed on to them. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody has to, it doesn't just, I'm not going to say it doesn't just magically occur, right? It takes a vision and it takes holding that vision and it takes the commitment, which we talked about earlier and it, and it takes dedication and it takes grit and it takes all of those things. It takes wisdom. It takes intellect. Um, it takes being able to, to fall down, get back up again, dust yourself off, face the challenges and continue to push forward. It's a sport. It is a sport, right? It's like you guys are called the war room for a reason. <laughs> you well, know? Biz business it's not is like, war. I mean, it is a bit of a gladiator situation sometimes in the field, right? Not going to lie. And so, yeah. You have to have the fortitude within you to rise to the occasion. Love 100%. And, you know, when you look at people come into this idea that business ownership, entrepreneurship, you know, there's this Hollywood effect and all this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> there, 
you know, there, there is no uh, unicorn at the end. You know, it's tough. It's hard. My, my vice president and the strategic advisor board said one day in an interview, she goes, small business is hard. And it's hard because um, if you don't have a team, it's all you, right? So um, there's, there's nothing sexy about it. And can it be? Maybe, but we all know behind that curtain, it's a disaster most of the time. <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, to the, yeah, it's in this initially, right. Yeah, Especially right. within those first five, first five years, right. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, again, you're going to dig there's like, you have to have a lot of grit. The difference is, you know, um, I always, and here comes the mindset coach in me, Jason, jumping onto the <laughs> playing field. I, I tell a lot of the people that I work with, I hear people use the word stress often or that it's hard or this is really um, whatever, right? Um, Hard, stressful, whatever. Those are the top two probably that you get repetitively. And I tell people just quickly transpose those words for the word challenge for me. Just quickly switch and just start saying the word challenge instead for me and tell me how that feels and tell me how much more you're ready to get your game face on and to go out onto the field and to kick some serious ass versus feeling defeated <laughs> with the word choices that you might be using, right? And operations and operation, making something operationally sound and your team and your culture. Those are the things that even though they might be slow growing and you might wear many hats in the beginning, those are the things that as you do grow are going to keep you from being in a state of shit show versus <laughs> accomplishing and creating and cultivating success is that structure that you're going to probably slow growing maybe initially at first, unless you again, have enough investment capital, did a business plan, got some of that investment capital, Philip, that you were talking about initially in the beginning, right? It always flows. You said it flows and it continues to flow for those people who can prove that value and the fact that this is how things are going to flow and that this is what you're going to get back. And and this is the reasons why it's great to invest in me. But most small entrepreneurs who are just starting are not seeking capital right out of the chute. Oftentimes just because they don't know to, you know, or know how to stock themselves in order to get that capital. So I'm just speaking to the majority who probably don't have that. It doesn't mean that you can't build that or build into that. You can, and you will, as long as, again, you're committed and you're determined and you're really good at those things. And if you're not, then hire the right people who are. Even if it's a subcontractor, yeah. oftentimes people don't think, oh, like I'm I'm creating a team. Well, if you're hiring a subcontractor, that is just as much and now a, a counterpart of your team or a person who's on your team as somebody who is an employee when you're a small independent, right? And so be mindful about your team. Who are you, who are you working with? It'll this is why great. people people need to go to askalita.com and that's <laughs> A-S-K-A-I-L-E-D-A.com. Do it. Stop. Yeah. Get in here. Get in here. Let's have hey. a conversation. <laughs> Seriously, though, it, it's been a real pleasure getting to chat with you. I love that we went on this whole other, it was almost a second podcast beginning. Uh, usually we don't get to catch those, but we did this time. And so thank you for indulging that. Those are my thoughts before we close out. Jason has his own. Yeah. 
So I always like to say thank you for taking the time. You know, we have uh, 168 hours in a week. Thanks for stopping by for 40 and uh, spending them with us. We're all busy. There's a lot of things going on in our lives. Busy is a horrible word. I actually hate that word. Um, but <laughs> but uh, we're all cultivating. We, yeah, we should all be being productive, not busy. Um, yes. But uh, anyway, we can replace cars, money, all these things, but you can't. You can't stop the clock. So thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to uh, take a little time to drop some uh, mic moments on us and on our audience. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. I appreciate you both. Cheers. 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 Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.